0: Thanks for listening to the A.Z. Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by the man, Whoa. the myth, the legend,
1: Whoa! the boss. Did, have, you hit, have you hit puberty yet?
0: I don't know. I felt very good about that, You're his voice myself. right
1: there, Mike. You're like, oh,
0: welcome to the, <laughs> to the A.Z. Wildcats podcast, everybody. Well, we got to be honest, though. Anytime we get the GM, the head man on here, Saul, I'm going to be excited. Do you blame me? Uh, yes. Come on. <laughs>
1: Nobody gets excited to see me. Usually when I come around, it's probably bad news. All right. We got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk
0: about, obviously, uh, Arizona, what to expect this year, year one in the Pac-12, or year uh, last year in the Pac-12, year one in the Big 12 after that, and then – we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Arizona basketball in Jerusalem. But first, Saul, it has been a week since it became official that Arizona is in the Big 12. Are you any less excited?
1: Hell no. Hell no. I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited about this. Listen, I think there's a couple things that, that I have not had an opportunity to talk about and now I get the form to do it. So thank you, Mike. Um, first, first. Arizona going to the big 12. I can't even state how much of an impact big 12 fans are going to have on, on Arizona fans and to, to, a, to, to another degree, ASU fans. I think when your stadium is consistently packed with the opposing fan base, you're going to do something about it. Right. And I think in football terms, that's something that could be a very real possibility um, if, if fans don't show like, so if fans have been showing up of late, the team is getting better, more mm. fans are showing up. Kudos to Arizona fans for doing that. But, uh, I think that this is just going to accelerate that process a little quicker, especially when you hit night next year and you're playing Kansas state at home. And all of a sudden you have EMA coming to town. Uh, and, and I'll never forget that. Listen, I that that's the first thing that I will say is I'm so excited about that. And then you talk about the basketball stuff and, and everything. It just it just seems like Arizona is such a Big Twelve team already. It it feels right. So I feel like we're we're kind of home.
0: All right. Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up this picture of Saul Bookman's days when he was at Kansas State again, just to remind people that Saul Bookman has deep roots in Kansas City. Saul Bookman, at this point when you were at Kansas State, what did you think about Big Twelve folks?
1: I loved them dude, I loved them. I like, man, my, my first experience with, with K state was, um, going to Bill Snyder stadium and it was newly renovated at the time. And they were building like the South end zone or North end zone, one of the two uh, opposite, the big screen. And, um, 20,000 people in this, in the town. When I moved there in June, there was, you know, there was barely anybody there. There's one road that goes you through Manhattan, Kansas, that takes you through Manhattan, Kansas. And, uh, Game day happened and I showed up and I was working for the athletic department at the time and I could not believe that they had sold out this stadium of sixty-seven thousand. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this right. is is this this is Big Twelve football? This is like what I've heard about. Like it was amazing. It was right. amazing. And so that was my first experience and everything. The people in Manhattan, I went to a KU game, basketball game, electric as hell. Like I, I'm a big fan of Big Twelve basketball football like i just think that this is this is gonna be fun this is gonna be fun as hell man
0: all right i do have it i've been beat up a little bit by arizona fans and i don't care because i'm going to stand on principle right here but first also i do apologize to our big 12 fans i need to start putting pacific time zone on the twelve thirty tweets uh i do apologize for that a couple people that have called me on that i deservedly got beat up for that i do apologize all right Saul. um Arizona fans are complaining about the Pac-12 tournament being in uh, not yeah. coming to Las Vegas. I understand it. I love going to the Pac-12 tournament. You love going to the Pac-12 tournament. But come on guys. This is uh, this is this is not something that we should be complaining about right now. In my opinion, uh,
1: uh, oh, you would disagree. Oh, time out, time out, time out. I listen, I get the gripe. Like listen, there's I love Kansas City. Kansas City is one of my favorite cities. So if there was a plan B, uh, then Kansas City's fine. They got the best barbecue you'll ever come across. The city is beautiful. It's fantastic. There's plenty to do there. It's a fun city. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, it's cool. Keep it there. But I do think at some point we do have to have a discussion to make it a little easier for travel uh, for all the teams, as opposed to just basically putting it right in Kansas's backyard, literally right up the road from Kansas. Like, that's that is, I'm surprised it has been in Kansas city. I know that's the hub of the big 12, but like, I think at some point maybe you rotate it, um, you know, to uh, Vegas would not be a bad option. Dallas would not be a bad option. And then Kansas city, like you rotate the three. I think, I think that would be reasonable because you do have some West coast teams and you might incorporate, maybe you might incorporate a few more down the road, including Gonzaga or, or San Diego state. Like you never know. So why not, why not go that way?
0: All right. Well, I'm going to say that I think we should get into the conference first, and then let's feel our way around. And keep in mind, it's booked in there until 2027. Then we can maybe start talking about it a little bit. I just don't want to come in here right now into someone else's house and demand something else, Saul Boeckman.
1: You invited me in the house. I
0: did invite you in the house, and that's so, why we got the goat. In. That's why we got
1: the goat in here. Hey, if you want, you want me to come in the house and, and help pay rent. Well, damn it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some some accommodations for myself too. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: All right, let's talk, a little, let's talk a little bit about Arizona football here. Just coming back from practice, Saul, I have huge expectations for this program over the next year or two. I mean, and huge is relative. Bowl game this year, and then I think you're going to be even better next year. This is a really, really talented team. And Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up the returning skill position pass catchers on here, I'd like to uh, like to talk about this a little bit. It's very rare, Saul, that you have guys coming back like a T Mac right there, five-star wide receiver, a Jacob Cowing. Numbers speak for himself. By the way, Jacob Cowing from Maricopa, Arizona. Tanner McLaughlin. This is a loaded returning wide receiving core, and you add in my. Montana Lamonius Craig, easily the best name on the team, ex-four-star guy from Colorado. There's a lot to work with here, and it feels weird that Arizona's got a wide receiving core that pretty much stacks up with anybody in the country.
1: No, I mean, it's, it's going to be beautiful, man. I, 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 listen, they, they were so good last year. um, Even with T-Mac being a freshman, uh, they're going to be electric this year. No doubt about it. I think one of the things that that I'm really looking forward to is just the blend of, you have a solid tight end, you have the wide receivers. Then you also have, um, you you know, your tailback, who's a Doak Walker award, uh, you know, it's preseason. Uh, So like, I'm excited about what the the Wildcats are going to do. I think more importantly, I just really want them to take that next step in physicality is the thing mm. that I'm really looking forward to. Like, I really want to see um, how much bigger they've all gotten um, because it just felt like for like a decade plus, we just had tweeners at every single position. It felt like, especially on the defensive front. And I, that's what I'm really looking forward to. We are, we have, we have an outstanding offensive line. We mm-hmm. have, we have bookends at, at the tackle position that are going to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, it, so I, I just feel like, we're starting to finally see this just in the nick of time too. Since we're going to the Big Twelve, right? Uh, we're going to see some hog mollies up front. They're going to be able to dominate. Hog and mollies give... is yeah. that a big, is that a Big Twelve term? I should know. I've, the first time I ever heard that was the Washington Redskins, like the the hogs.
0: Oh, the hogs! I got hogs you. All right. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so you know, no, I think uh, I think this is going to be fun, and and I'm really excited to see what kind of physicality they could bring to the table this year.
0: It was funny. I was talking with uh, Michael Lev uh, from the Arizona Daily Star who does a great job, and we were talking about offensive linemen today at practice, and he says, when was the last time there was an offensive lineman from the U of A that was a considered a possible draft pick? You've got two offensive linemen now in Jonas Sabinea and uh, I almost morning, said Jacob And Jordan Morgan, who are both guys that, especially Savanea, that are going to be first round picks. It's very rare to see something like that. And it was funny when Lev asked the question, I started thinking, I'm like, man, you got to go back to like 2008. It has been a long time since Arizona has had anything like that. And I think that's what's exciting about all this.
1: Uh, Michael Elatiz. I don't believe he. I don't believe he was picked. now. Did he not get picked? Oh, yeah, I don't believe yeah. so. He's the but last why one, he's that,
0: Michael he's the, he's
1: the he's the last one that I felt like was decent. So right. yeah, man. I, I mean, honestly, like that it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since U of A Wildcats in general have been drafted in the, into the NFL and at a at a decent round, right? Like, I okay, cool. The sixth, seventh rounders. No, no disrespect. That's cool, but like the shine comes in the first three rounds. Like that's how, you know, you had some talent on your roster. And that's what I, I know that's about to happen. We're going to have some dudes that are going to get drafted in the first couple rounds of the NFL draft here in the next several years. And that's because of the way that they're recruiting over there.
0: Yeah, and the thing too that Jed Fish has done is he's done a nice little blend here of getting really highly rated guys like a T Mac, you got an Elijah Rushing, Arizona. I mean, Saul, you covered this team up close here. Arizona football and five star prospects generally don't go hand in hand right here. But he's also done a very good job of getting guys who are a little bit under the radar. We showed it right there Tanner McLaughlin, NFL tight end potential right there. Um, Jonas Sabanea, who, for my opinion, is the best prospect on the team was a three-star player. There's a lot of different dudes. Jacob Manu led the team in tackles, all-conference potential. I can keep going. But his scouting department, though, has done a really, really good job here. And that's something that I think is unique here because you've got to be able to scout at a high level. And Jed Fish has shown that so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, in multiple ways, right? Even the transfer portal by getting Cowing a year ago mm-hmm. um, and other dudes, Justin Flo this year. You know, I'm like, like, obviously they, they were talented already, but um, but schematically maybe they just didn't feel like they, they fit whatever they were at. And Jacob Cowing is a little bit different because he wanted to go from UTEP to a bigger program and just everything right. so. Um, but you're right, Jed Fish's ability and his staff's ability to kind of recognize talent and how it would fit into their own scheme and then sell them on the scheme that you're trying to get players for has been impeccable. It's been amazing. And so I'm excited to see that jump. Um, I feel like so you, you just got some big time recruits, right? Mm-hmm. And Williams um, and then rushing. Your guy, um,
0: Demond Williams, who lives right, yeah.
1: basically right down the road from Salt Lake, literally right across the street from my house. Like, right. uh, like, phenomenal kid. And actually, this season, I'm actually going to go out to Basha several times nice. to to be able to 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 get some uh, some insight from the kid.
0: PHNX is going to have boots on the ground
1: there. There you go, baby. Hey, we were we're, we're statewide. This is how Thank we're going to do it. You're lucky they don't have any prospects in mayor Arizona, because I'd be up there all the time too, because <laughs> um, they're the Wildcats as well, and they also oh, are it? navy blue and red there you go i mean it just makes sense anyway um yeah so anyway so they're able to recruit now uh, at a high level, to uh, to accommodate the transfer portal, and Jed Fish has got something cooking really, really nice here. Um, I, I think I actually think that both schools, ASU and U of A, have done a really good job of recruiting locally and and uh, across the transfer portal. And you mentioned the Colorado receiver; they've got a Colorado receiver who was the number one receiver they had last year that left. So it's just a blend of of everything. And I think I just think U of A is in, in as good a spot as it has been since probably the fiestable year of Rich Rod.
0: Right. We need to talk a little bit, too, about the importance of the administration and having the backing of that. But first, factor meal kits right here. All right, you look at Saul and you say, wait a second, that guy used to hoop a little bit. You would be right. Saul did hoop a little bit. Saul, you hold a record. Tell people about it.
1: I don't want to tell people about that.
0: I can't keep telling people about it. you got to tell them about it. Saul is the all-time consecutive free throw leader in AIA history. But for athletes like Saul who, you know, you're working all day, you're also saying, man, I'd like to get a quick meal that tastes good. Factor Meal Kids is here for you. All right. Here's the deal. Head to factormeals.com slash PHNX Wildcats 50 and use, again, PHNX Wildcats 50 to get 50% off right there. And again, Saul, you can vouch for Factor Meal Kits. This is true
1: yeah it's fantastic they're they're delicious i just had like the, this i think it was a chipotle chicken uh meal the other day it tasted amazing i was actually surprised because a lot of times these meals they come in and you heat them up and i mean they're good they're good it's for a something. microwave it's dinner though yeah it's, it's whatever no this was like it, it, it just was really legit it, it tasted really great people here in the office like crave them they love them um so much so that i ended up getting a subscription myself because i loved it so much so yeah they're fantastic they're delicious as hell and they're healthy for you
0: and when you put out when you put the thing out in slack about how people need to clean up after themselves let me ask you this is it factor meal kits that maybe they're getting a little too excited with
1: never you know why because it's all right there in one little packaging and throw the whole thing away you don't have to worry about sloppy messes outside of that
0: so there you go again check it out factor meal factor meals.com. again phnx wildcats 50 show code to get 50 percent off right there that's how cool it is and saturday neon all right you look at mike luke yeah. and you say to yourself that dude's a dweeb go ahead
1: no yeah i say that all the time keep going mike
0: all right first let me let me emasculate uh, myself first all right <laughs> you look at you look at mike luke and you're like dude this guy's a dweeb I need everything possible, from shady rays to cool things in the back, like that Arizona Wildcat emblem right there. Arizona, I got that from Saturday Neon right there. And again, I'm trying to do everything I can to make myself look cool. This has helped a great deal. It's a conversation starter, especially for dweebs like myself, that I've got to be able to use. So here's the deal. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 50% off. And Saul, you want to know the best part
1: about this? Uh, you can save yourself money
0: free shipping for anything over two hundred dollars yeah. my friend that's yeah. how cool it is right there but check it out saturday neon it glows up all kinds of different lights and everything so we got,
1: we got a lot of cool comments right now first of all jarvis williams or jervis williams jervis uh, jervis a million percent we should absolutely do the best barbecue spots in the big 12 episode a million percent that's that's done. Like, I'm sold on that. I was sold on that. Right. Also, uh, LFG in the comments said, uh, hog Mollies, and, and Jacob's going to pull it up on here on the screen. So hog Mollies was popularized by a uh, college football broadcasting legend, Keith Jackson. I'm going to do my best Keith Jackson impression. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Ordinary big Uglies and Hogmollies were all Keith Jackson phrases. Did you like that?
0: That's really good. That's better than me rapping Bone Thugs and Harmony, which I've done the last two days on the show right there. No surrender. Just handle your business. So can I get a witness? It's good. It's really good. Oh, my
1: God. Keith Jackson and Bone Thugs in the same episode. Who would have thought?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's why you don't really know what's going to hit you at any point. By the way, Rich Carrillo says, Mike, how did your boy Speedy Luke, we call fam on this show, look at practice. Speedy is a man. To show you how deep Arizona is now, Speedy was one of the highest-rated guys to ever sign with the U of A. And, again, he's a guy that we haven't focused on, but we should focus on. I actually had somebody a while back seriously ask me if I was related to Speedy. And to my knowledge, I am not related to Rayshon Speedy, Luke. But we have similar physical – we're both about 5'8", 5'9". That's where it ends, though, Saul. I don't believe the we –
1: He's called Speedy for a reason, not Mike. I was um, not called Speedy.
0: But it's gonna be here's what I I want to talk about that for a second. That's a great point, Rich. Um, I don't understand the concept of if you have fast players I need them returning kicks. I don't care if they're small. I've never understood the argument that well. You know, they're kind of small. Don't want to really put them out there. I need Sean Speedy Luke returning kicks because that's his name and that's his game, Saul Bookman.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But I think they're going to use them versatilely this year. You know, obviously he got, he caught he he got some reps at running back last year. In addition to like slot, slot receiver, um, I would look for more of that this year. Um, I think he is just so versatile, right? You gotta look at guys like Darren Sproles from from K State mm-hmm. back in the day. K-State? Guys like that, what? Yeah, uh, that that had that versatility. Can do a little bit of punt return, kick return, run out of the backfield, catch catch from the slot position. Like Speedy is that dude? Like he can absolutely do that. And so that I'm excited to see what what kind of jump he makes from year one to year two as well, because I think it's gonna be pretty significant.
0: All right, by the way, somebody wants me to go Master P right there. Make him say,
1: uh,
0: uh, na 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 Hey, you want to hear a crazy story about Master P, Saul? Sure. So he's got two kids that are both big time prospects and they're in Houston or uh, they were at uh, up in Phoenix this past year. And Master P walks in there and I knew it was Master P. Nobody else did though. He had the big shades on, he had the beanie on. And then I just looked and I was like, that's P. And he looked back really quick, like, Hmm. And he just kept walking. He didn't care who I was Saul. but I noticed him and his kids really good by the way.
1: That's awesome. That's a, that's a great story.
0: <laughs> no, it is a good story. I don't know where I was going with it, but it's a good story. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal with their U of a football defense. And I've been saying this from day one, I just need them not to stink this year. If you can just be eighth or ninth, because I am so bullish on this offense, if you can be eighth or ninth and maybe get some turnovers, you know, I think Arizona can do some things, but I can't have you dead last again.
1: Yeah, I think that's you. You hit the nail on the head, and we talked about this with with Jed Fish um, uh, over at uh, Pac-12 Media Day. Was just the lack of turnovers. You right. know, the lack of turnovers was just brutal. Four interceptions for the entire secondary. Um, we just got to do better than that overall. And I and I and I would say, listen, if you're going to be a bottom bottom tier defense in the Pac-12, right, that last like four to five in the in the conference. Well, the way to make up for that is by getting turnovers. And if you're right. able to get those, that that's kind of the equalizer and kind of helps you kind of stay in games and take leads and hold on to leads more importantly. And So that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for. I'm not necessarily looking for them to be a shutdown defense. You know, you probably won't get too much, of too many three and outs this year, but. If you can hold your own limit drives to like six plays or less um, and get them to turn the ball over two or three times a game, then you've done your job for the season. And I'll be happy with that. And then then obviously with the the new influx of talent that will come in, in in years to come, you're looking at the reinvention of the desert swarm, hopefully at some point. But for right now, I will settle for just hey, listen. A goal for the year should be about eight to ten uh Eight to ten wins.
0: That's what you're predicting. Eight to ten wins.
1: Eight to ten wins. Yeah, but eight to ten turnovers um, from the secondary. I would like to see interceptions or forced fumbles from the secondary in the eight to ten range because they only had four last year.
0: Jed Fish was talking. A uh, jetfish was talking a few days ago about how the uh, support of this administration has been so key to him being able to get where he wants, adding coaches. He said he's never been told no for anything, and I think that that is an underrated aspect here. Now, again, one of my favorite things is to bash ASU to a certain extent. Certain extent. By the way, check out PHNX Sun Devils right after this show. By the way, those guys are fantastic. Um, but we could pull up that quote from uh, Michael Crow here, uh, um, Jacob Franklin. I'd like to go over this real quickly. Okay. Crow was an ardent supporter of former Pac-12 commissioner and spoke highly of him. By my standard, we're on track. We're doing well. We're making progress and we're positioning ourselves for greatness going forward. What somebody will be writing about three years from now is how did the Pac-12 get ahead of us? That and again, I feel for ASU guys because that that's that's difficult when you've got a president that's kind of pushing that realm right there. Now, again, yeah, I, I will say Michael Crow, academically, has done a lot of really good stuff at ASU. He
1: he has, and those those are comments from 2019, and we got be we got we got mm-hmm. bring that up, um, obviously. But um he was dead wrong. Obviously, he was dead wrong, and he he did not have a good pulse on the the state of the union. Now, the athletic article that came out yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, was pretty significant as well, and it kind of painted a picture of, well, maybe the Pac-12 was pretty close um, if it weren't for Colorado leaving. But once Colorado left, that was basically the icing on the cake, and everything else fell apart after that. Michael Crow, I, I, this is what I'll say about Michael Crow. I think he was, um, I think he was foolish to have so much trust in the administration that preceded this one. And then doubling down on the current administration and their faults, not going out and getting a a serviceable um, uh, advisement crew to get you a good television deal. You got this new kind of boutique Firm to go out and try to close the deal, and it just didn't work. It was it was stupid. And Michael Crow was the 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 torchbearer for Larry Scott for so long. He deserves to get drugged through the mud a little bit of late, um, especially considering it feels like and it felt like ASU was kicking and screaming to go to the Big Twelve. But everything has calmed down. What's done is done. We move on. And I do like the fact that it seemed like ASU and U of A were very where at least uh, they acknowledge the fact that they both would prefer to go together, which is good for all of us.
0: What's the vibe in the Valley about uh, ASU and the Big 12 right there?
1: Oh, well, fans are excited about the Big 12 um the vibe with the with crow and anderson just more so
0: the vibe just what you see on the ground though with people not necessarily the administration
1: oh the vibe is electric people are excited about it it's an it's a change people like change and this was a change that needed to happen once usc and ucla left because there was nobody you were going to get to replace those two schools i'm sorry right. like it's just not going to happen so now you have replaced them with an entire conference of teams that you've And some of them you've never played before. U of A's never played uh, Central Florida uh, in football. Um, They've never, you know, they've never played. I don't believe they've ever played Kansas. If they have, I don't remember it. Um, So there's a lot of new, who knows what rivalries are going to brew out of this. You know, like, I'm so excited about this, Mike.
0: Right. No, dude. I, no, dude, like I said, I keep tweeting and Big 12 fans, all of you, you guys are fantastic because, again, I just keep thinking about this and I keep looking at the love that they all have. And they're Arizona fans, by the way. Okay, let's get back to some little bit of U of A football here. LFG says, Mike, does U of A have a playmaking linebacker set to replace the production that Hunter Eccles had? That's going to be the great key. Here's the deal. Um, Taylor, I almost felt like I was reading a read right there. Here's the deal. Um, but, uh, Taylor Upshaw from Colorado, they're hoping can be that guy. And again, I don't need Teddy Bruski here, but like you talked about with Jed Fish there, Saul, I need, you gotta give me somebody that can get me six sacks. Give me somebody that can get me six or seven sacks, or at least be around the quarterback right there. Jed Fish has talked about it. And I believe that he does think that Upshaw can be that guy, but there is some production that needs to be replaced right there.
1: Yeah, it's. I I don't know if they can replace Eccles. He was such a vital part to what they did last year. Um, But uh, man, and 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 I don't, you know, I know Justin Flo is kind of he's from from from, I don't know. You tell me from your account, kind of a hybrid. Allow me to interrupt
0: the boss right here, real quick. with Justin Flo, it's, he is um, – and this was told to me by a couple people. If we were in the year 1993, he'd be a first-team All-American. Uh, the problem, though, is that he does have some issues in pass uh, pass coverage. That's why Daniel Heimuli, Washington transfer, has been running with the ones, and Justin Flo has been coming kind of in and out with the ones and the twos. I think he is going to be a little bit more of a – A positional type guy, time and place, as opposed to just being that player who's in there three or you know three time or three downs. I don't necessarily see that, and I don't know that the coaching staff necessarily sees
1: that. Is that mostly because of his size?
0: No, it's just because he's he, he has a difficult time in pass coverage.
1: When so he, uh, we, he's just really stiff in the hips, or what?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. He, you know, he, he's had a little bit of a difficult time uh, uh, bringing that up. And the problem is, is when you're in the Pac-12, look how many quarterbacks you have here. Look mm-hmm. how many passing games from Caleb Williams to Michael Penix to our guy, Trenton Borgay and at, at ASU, right there, and Jalen Conyers, your guy as well. I mean, you got a lot of tight ends. You got a lot of passing games, and you got to have something right there. And that's been something that Arizona. Ness- still is kind of lacking, but he's still going to be, he's still going to be a good guy though. I think to have for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I agree. Like again, I just think that this we're still learning a lot about, about some of these guys, you know, it was hard to go from, I mean, I can't remember the defensive coordinators, uh, named the first year Don Brown Don Brown. Uh, Don, Don Brown Brown like I feel like if Don Brown was still here um, this defense would be much better than it actually is and I know a lot of people were clamoring for the current DC's job to be taken last year after it was so so porous but right. um, I just think that there's a lot of development that needed to happen also like let's be real like there was a lot of strength and conditioning that needed to happen with that that entire unit that entire side of the ball needed to get bigger stronger faster um, and I think they've done that in the offseason so we'll see how it goes in the linebackers
0: all right. Over or under right now, if you were going to go on to bet MGM and this isn't even a read right here, but if you were go- to go on to bet MGM, the over under is five wins. Saul Bookman, I say take the over at the U of A. We're going bowling this year, my friend, and I don't care where we're going bowling. We're going bowling
1: uh, a million percent. You take the over. There's right. no. I just you're going to get two out of the three in the non-conference play. Right. So You need you're talking about four more in conference play. I think they can get four more wins out of nine teams for sure. Right. Okay. Now. And uh, and and, I'm gonna just say it right now, do it. they're gonna upset Mississippi State.
0: I I thank you for saying that because I was just gonna say, am I being total fanboy saying maybe three and O out of conference, maybe three and O?
1: It's gonna be tough because that's the first I believe that's the first home game that Mississippi State is gonna have um, after uh, Mike Leach has passed. Right. Um, So there's going to be emotions and that might be a buzzsaw, but they could also come out flat um, just because of everything that's going into that game. So I I'm I'm going to hammer the over and I'm going to hammer that game. I think the I think the Wildcats have a good chance to win that game.
0: All right. Let's talk about a little bit of the move to the Big 12
1: to the SEC again, because they're always overrated.
0: Yeah, they are. You got the. Two, I'll give you two teams at the top, and two, three teams at the top. But then when people try to come at me with how good Kentucky is, yes. no, I don't want to hear any of that nonsense.
1: Like I'll, I'll give you the Georgias and the Alabamas, and, the Alabama's sure. and and even the LSU's. But after that, like just just stop
0: yes i don't really care about any of that I, like i said kentucky does nothing for me i don't care about um trying to think here i keep having to hear about old miss whatever dude what n- none of that does anything for me big 12 football though on the other hand i know it's not the best conference but i'll tell you what this is going to be wildly fun though this conference is fantastic and i think it's quite underrated to be honest with you give you an idea uh baylor Three top 12 finishes in the last uh, 12 years, three different coaches. TCU. I don't know if I told you this or not. It's a fun stat. In the last 20 years, how many top 10 finishes? Six. Nope. Nope.
1: Top 10 finishes in the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I will go with eight.
0: And that's why you run PHNX right there, Saul. You're exactly right.
1: I've seen the last 10 years, so that's my bad.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. But so you got TCU there, Oklahoma State under Mike Van or Mike Van Gundy. Over uh, Mike Gundy is always fun. You're bringing in Cincinnati, which is a year or two years removed from being in the college football playoffs. You're bringing in Houston as well. Oh, by the way, Utah in here as well. You got BYU kansas state your kansas state with chris Kleiman right there north dakota state great coach this is a good conference when it comes to football and i feel that a lot of people are forgetting that
1: kansas state's going to win the big 12 this year oh i like it yeah kansas state's going to win the big 12 this year they got they got a lot of talent on that side of the ball they there and they're pretty big um up front they just they've always been fundamentally sound um and the, their biggest weakness was quarterback play and i think they're going to shore that up this year so i would like I like Kansas State in the Big 12 this year. Um, you got TCU, still TCU, and they're gonna mm-hmm. listen. I don't know what the point spread is for TCU versus Colorado, but I could promise you it's not big enough.
0: Yeah. I'm not let's talk about Colorado for a second here. And this is with all due respect to our good friends over at DNBR. I I love the Dion hire. Heyer. Dion higher is an A plus hire, no yes. doubt about it. I'm not buying Colorado this year,
1: though. No. I am burying Colorado this year. Colorado will be win- lucky if they win one game.
0: Right. Wow. I'll, 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 you know what, Saul? I'm going to give them a win.
1: I'll I, I, Listen, I'll give them two at the most. I, okay. I just don't see it. Their schedule to start the season is brutal. Right. And then their schedule to start the Pac-12 season is even more brutal. Yeah. Like, it is insane. They got to play Oregon. I think it's Oregon, Utah, USC, uh, all within like a four-week span. Like, right.
0: there's yeah. no way. And then you worry about it as well, about getting a little demoralized as well, because you're dealing with a whole new group of guys. Now, listen, I think two or three years from now, I mean, heck, even by year two, I think you're going to see a markedly different uh, uh, program. But right now I'm taking the under on whatever that is. And you know, and you know, bet MGM, I believe has it at two and a half.
1: I will say this. Shadur Sanders, is a good athlete. He's a good, he's a good player. I'm really interested to see how he's going to fare um, week one against TCU, because it could be like, Oh shit. Oh, okay. Uh, Shador can really play right. or oh, oh, should have stayed at Jackson state, buddy. Cause this is not it for you. Like, I don't know what to expect. It, it's it's interesting too. When you get, a, when you get some of the players
0: from the HBCUs, um, you got, a lot of times you just got to go with eye tests. Like Steve McNair when he was at Alcorn State, you could kind of tell that Steve McNair was the goods. You knew that Steve McNair, there was a reason that he was picked there. Sanders is fascinating to me though, because he looks the part. He's got a pretty good arm. He was a four star kid out of Texas. But like he's you said, small. this is what's
1: that? He's small. Yeah. This he's is smaller. a. Like I was surprised that I was taller than him. Like, well, how tall he, are you?
0: Six three.
1: I'm six two, but he was he was a little shorter than me, and he was like he was uh, I don't he was he was just smaller physically. Like I didn't think he was, you know, like I saw Cam rushing. Uh, uh, Cam, uh, rising. Sorry, Cam rising. Sorry, Cam mm-hmm. rising, and uh, he's a little stockier, got a little girth to him. Same thing with um, Penix. Like uh, same thing with Caleb Williams. Shadur was not like that. He was right. he was much skinnier, a little a little more frail, I would say. Um, not frail, because I don't think he's like, you know, he's here's a the best
0: one. way that I can put it. He probably needs a few of the factor meal kits with the high protein in it.
1: Boom, there you go. Well, a by the way, ahead.
0: Solve, I told you about OGs.
1: Uh, OGs is only the best edible brand that you can find. Also, uh, it originated in Tucson, by the way. Didn't know if you knew that or not. Oh, OG's I Brands. Know. I'm stealing that from you. OGs brands.com. You can just go to OGs brands.com to check out the closest dispensary to you. They have the fruits, they got the creams and they have my favorite gummy, which is the happy balance. Cause sometimes you just need a little happy balance in your life. A one-to-one CBD to THC ratio. And it's a strawberry and creams flavor. And they also have a special edition pink lemonade. Go check them all out by going to OGs brands.com and Mike remember you must be 21 or older to enjoy.
0: Saul, it's almost like you've done this read before. That was incredibly impressive.
1: Yeah, a few times.
0: All right. Now, I also got to tell you about Shady Rays here and I do apologize because I did I put that in the wrong slot right here. I do apologize, Jake Franklin, you can yell at me in a second, but Shady Rays. Now, again, like we talked about, I'm not cool. One thing, though, that I need is cool sunglasses, and I have those. I have two different pairs of Shady Rays right now, and like I said, I've had people ask me, say, Mike, where'd you get those sunglasses? And I always say, glad you asked. These are Shady Rays right here, and the great thing about Shady Rays, though, too, is they come in all different kinds. That's what Saul Bookman, what are your Shady Rays?
1: Uh, mine are like uh, some black aviators. They're pretty wow. sweet. But oh, awesome. sweet. like, all you would have to do, folks, is if you want to save some money on some shady rays, because that's what you could do. You can get some designer uh, style glasses for really, really cheap uh, if you buy two pairs or more and use promo code PHNX. Guess how much you're going to save? Up to fifty percent. So you can get the shades that over two hundred fifty thousand people gave five star reviews to by going to shadyrays.com um, and get yourself a pair today.
0: I've also got a little bit of a part that I like to add to it. They talked about the polarized sunglasses. They are polarized, not polarizing, because everybody likes them. This is something that we can all jump in on right here.
1: Both could be mutually true.
0: Yes, for sure. All right, now let's talk in the Pac-12 right here. Arizona, um, I still like referring to the Pac-12 South, even though I know that it's not the Pac-12 South. I totally get that. I believe, though, in the old Pac-12 South that Arizona is going to be the third best team. Outside of USC and Utah, I believe Arizona is going to be third ahead of Colorado, ahead of UCLA, and ahead of ASU. What say you?
1: I agree. I agree. Yes. I don't think they're good enough to overcome Utah and USC, but I definitely think that they're good enough to overcome the other three for sure. Yes. The, the, the key games to really pay attention to are going to be two out of those bottom three that that you put us ahead of. First of all, you got UCLA at home this year. Um, so that's good. Um, You've got to go to Colorado and you got to go to ASU. And I think one of those two games are going to be the difference maker between you making a bowl and you possibly not. And I, you, you got to win one of those two. Um, I think you should win in Colorado, but Colorado has proven to be a, a kind of a difficult place from time to time for the Wildcats to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time that they won handily in Colorado was – Khalil Tate going crazy out there but before that and after that it's been kind of tough sledding from time to time so I think that's going to be a tough game no matter what and they're going to sell out that stadium because of Dion and company and then obviously the rivalry game with ASU. Who knows where ASU is going to be. They could be right where Arizona is, and it could, we could be talking about a bowl bid on the line for one of the, or one school or the other, or ASU could fall apart and uh, realize that they still have a long way to go. Who knows? So,
0: All right, by the way, how cool is this? Back the A right here. Bear 520 down. Get those polarizing sunglasses and go to Circle K and grab yourself a Polar Pop. That mm. is why we're talking about the, this is a movement by the people for the people, and it is taking <laughs> over the southwest
1: shady right? rays while you're getting your polar pop i love it dude
0: that's what you got to do all right so let's talk i wanted to move transition over a little bit here just a little bit of u of a basketball as well because they are going obviously in the big 12 it's a basketball school they're in jerusalem right now when you look at tears in they actually jacob franklin are you able to pull up that tears chart again that we've been using all week because that would be fantastic we can get the big dogs a uh, take on this as well And, uh, but I will say I'll, I will uh, fill time in the meantime. But uh, Kansas is obviously at the apex of the conference. But then you got about three programs right there that are like right there, in my opinion Baylor, Arizona, and Houston. That is as good a quartet as there is in all of college basketball, Saul.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you're not saying anything that that's wrong at all. Like it's, it's, I mean, I I would agree with that. I mean, KU is KU. Um, uh, you said Baylor, Houston, and who
0: I said, Baylor, Houston, and Arizona, I believe are in that third or in that second tier right there with Kansas, obviously at the top.
1: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give it to KU because they've won national championships. They've gone to the final four. They're, they're an elite program. Uh, we haven't seen that for a little while. So I get that, um, Baylor, Houston, us, I could live with that as well. And then the tier below, I'd probably have, um, we have K-State, uh, Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's probably about it.
0: What's say? All right, what's say? All right. So you got what about uh what about TCU though? TCU's been pretty solid under Jamie Dixon. They almost beat us in the tournament two years ago.
1: Uh if if some butts were candy and nuts, then all day would every day would be Christmas, man. Who gives a shit about what almost? Not uh, we almost got to the final four three or four different times, and we almost didn't. So this is true. <laughs> so I don't really care about almost. Um, TCU. I, I mean, they're they're okay. Um, I would probably put them in in the third tier because um, I, I still feel like they 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 need to make a run. They need to right. make a run. So I would put them in the B tier.
0: Okay, now Iowa State's a little interesting right here Because when Saul Bookman and I were growing up You had Marcus Pfizer and Jamal Tinsley running the show right oh, yeah. there Yeah, my and, boy
1: Thomas Watkins used to play for Iowa State Who used to play at South Mountain uh, I was going to say School.
0: South Mountain, right?
1: South Mountain High School, went to Mesa Community College. He was a big baller out there, too. Uh, didn't get a lot of run at Iowa State, but he was on the team, so that was good for him.
0: Dude, I always tell people this when somebody tries to tell me, oh, they're a scrub, this and that. If you have a Division One Power 5 scholarship, yes. you're a good basketball yes. player, yes. period. There, there's no understand. way around it. All right, Cincinnati. Let's talk a little bit about the Bearcats. Bearcats are a two-coach school. Obviously, Bobby Huggins, Mick Cronin. I like the job Wes Miller's done there. Where do you put? Um, where do you put uh, Cincinnati?
1: I put them on that B tier as well. I think I think Cincinnati's right there. I think um, in that A tier you have Kansas State. We talked about that. Um, Texas Tech talked about that. Um, and then that B tier you have TCU, Cincinnati. I would probably put. Um, Iowa State in that tier as well. Like teams that will show you a flash every now and then, but they don't, they're not really consistent enough to be in that that elite status. Um, I want to put Oklahoma State there too, but I'm not going to. I'm going to put Oklahoma State and and ASU and Utah all on the C-line.
0: Oh, you're being generous there, Saul.
1: Yeah, I'm going to put them all in the C line along with West Virginia. And Actually, we're gonna move ASU down to that D line.
0: Yes, there we go. That's what we like. Along
1: we like with Colorado, because they forever should be in the bottom tier of everything. And then uh UCF and, and BYU, I, I'll put them in the in that D line as well. They're they're okay programs that show you flashes every now and then, but they're usually pretty mid.
0: What do we think about Arizona playing Kirkreesa here possibly in a year? I bet that's a little of a, a unfolding event that he didn't see happening.
1: Oh, I'm well will he I don't even will he be there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still got two years. He still got two years. Well, yeah. listen, because uh, Kylan Boswell will be there too, and I promise you, Kirk Cousins don't want any of that smoke.
0: Right. That's what I like to see <laughs> right I do, there. Uh,
1: I still love Kirk. I still love Kirk, but just not let's that talk
0: good. Let's talk about Bobby Hurley here for a second. I actually like Bob. First of all, Bobby Hurley is a really good dude. I'm always gonna. I will always say. I've actually talked with Bobby Hurley twice. <laughs> And each time he was very nice. But I've heard, uh, yeah, I saw you like that. But he's in an interesting spot here because I think he's done – listen, he's not a great X's and O's coach, but overall I think he's done a decent job at ASU. They're always in the play-in game, which I think you take at ASU. But this is about to be a massive step up in competition here for the Sun Devils in the Big 12. How do you see that? How do you see it unfolding for ASU in the Big 12?
1: Man, um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be good because you can get away with it. the thing about ASU is they get up for the big games uh, for the most part. Right. They they played Kansas very well. So you got to give them credit. They beat Kansas twice. I mean, right. like Nobody else has done that. So and they're always good out the gate and, and they're always good out the gate and they play U of a tough. Like, they do. Um, They play UCLA tough, even though they haven't beat them. Um, They they play them tough. Uh, So I'll give them credit for that. But the problem is when you get into the slog of the season and you play these games where in the Big 12, the must-win games and the games that you should – are favored to win that you should win, you better win those games because you will find yourself out of the tournament quickly if you don't. Against – in the Pac-12, like – they have routinely lost to teams that they should not be losing to.
0: You beat Oregon and then you lose to Oregon state.
1: Exactly. They completely kill themselves every single year. So I, I don't know how it's going to be in the big 12, but you got to take this too, Mike, everybody knows going into next year that you're joining a conference of like, like legit talent from top to bottom. Like right. everybody knows that they better be prepared for that. And they better be ready for that, for that, for that haul. And so I will give them a little bit of uh leeway there but i just they're going to be the cow of the of the big 12 for right
0: by now. the way our guy frank caliendo is rooting for colorado as well this year because cody williams also from the valley up there who played with the great dylan anderson at gilbert perry is going to be at colorado so frank caliendo call colorado fan here as well this year along with being an arizona fan but yeah i i agree with you it's gonna this is totally different and the thing that was i think good and bad about the Pac-12 is this, is there was definitely a sense of false security and that you had a lot of different, let's just call them bye weeks. Listen, when you're playing the Bay Area schools and you're Arizona, you got California, you got Stanford, you're going to win those games. Then if you got Oregon State, you got Utah, there was just a lot of dead weight in this conference. There isn't that dead weight. And so I would much rather go, let's say, 28 and nine, 27 and nine in the Big 12 than I would 35 and four in the Pac 12, because I'm going to have a much better idea about what my vulnerabilities are, Saul, as opposed to kind of that fool's gold of going 35 and three, 35 and four, whatever the case may be.
1: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, we saw that a couple years ago with Arizona. Uh, they came out of the gate, and they were the number two seed, and, and they they looked to be a, a really, really good team. Um, barely got past TCU, um, and then they they faced Houston, who was far bigger, stronger, more athletic than than they were, and Houston put it to them in that Sweet 16. Um, so I would agree with that. Like I, I do think that that's something Tommy Lloyd has addressed, though, um, I think he's addressed cool. the physicality or the lack thereof of this team. Um, and I think they're going to be much better in, uh, this season than they were yeah. in, the, in the previous two renditions of them. I don't know if this is
0: going to be his best team, but I do believe it's going to be his team that's going to go the furthest. The thing that I love about Tommy Lloyd is that he was able to take inventory of his first two years here. Now, a lot of coaches, if you go 61 and 11, you're the uh, winningest coach in college basketball history your first two years. Buzz off. I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say. He looked at it and he knew, and he said multiple times, we had to get tougher. We had to get more players in here that were embraced the grind. So what happens is you lose a Julius to Bellis, You got Keshaw Johnson right there, starter man child from San Diego state. You mm-hmm. lose Kurt Creasy. You bring in Jaden Bradley, physical three X five-star guard out of Alabama. Then, the one that I really love, you bring in Caleb Love, who so many people are down on because of his field goal percentage at uh, North Carolina. But like Jet, all right, excuse me, like Doug Gottlieb said, there's a reason for that because when you don't have an offense and you're just standing there dribbling the ball, defenses can focus on you. That's going to be different at Arizona, and I give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit because he didn't need to do any of that salt. Um, but he did. That's why I he give did. him credit.
1: No, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he did like you, you said. He but you, he didn't need to do any of that. But no, he did need to do that. Like he. No, yeah, but to I'm really saying a lot of people. Let me ask you this.
0: Let me ask you this. If Sean Miller had gone 61 and 11 in his first two years, and that happened, is Sean Miller overhauling that roster to bring in different kind of players?
1: Correct. He's not. Yes. Yeah, so okay. we well, well, now- But but he did he did have tendencies to um, get rid of like the bottom edge of the roster. From time right. To time.
0: But as far as the main pieces, though, I don't know that yeah. he's altering that.
1: I mean, Kirk Creese leaving, that's a, that's a significant move. And you replaced sure. him by two guys that could legitimately be better than him.
0: Have I told you about the four peaks, the four U of A big men from last year?
1: Uh, you have multiple okay. times.
0: That's Saul's way of saying, Mike, please tell me more. Here's the deal. Yes. Four Peaks is also the official brew of PHNX Sports. By the way, that's a fantastic shirt right there. We're going to get to that shirt in a minute. Um, but PHNX Sports official brew is the Four Peaks. Now, check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Again, the movement is nationwide right here with the Four Peaks uh, Brew and the Four Peaks, the U of A Big Men and illegal pete's all right i can tell you this saul lived in tucson saul lived in phoenix i can tell you that saul bookman is probably at his fair share of illegal pete's you want to know why because he's the boss he knows what he's doing right there he's been at illegal peats. This is your. Uh, this is basically your go-to stop this summer. Stop by happy hour, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day at all 12 locations. Illegal Pete's, the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers, and Saul Bookman for 28 years, right there. Illegal Pete's, check it out. Okay, now this team's off in uh, this team's off in Jerusalem right now. Um, I I believe that this I believe this is going to be Tommy Lloyd's best team. I think that this is going to be a I think it's the best team in the Pac-12. I know a lot of people are. A lot of people really like USC. I get that. Um, I know some people like UCLA. I think it's going to be the best team, and I think it's going to be a team that's going to be a springboard for what he's going to try to do in the future. Here, Saul. I don't. I don't.
1: I don't really debate the talent part. I think that U of A can compete with anybody. It's just again, man. I, the one thing that we're not going to know, and we won't know until we see it, is um, how strong are these dudes mentally. You know, when when we when we recall that UCLA game last year on the road to UCLA, it just felt like mentally um, this team was was outworked. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like in that second half, things were just falling apart and they couldn't they didn't have that guy to be able to step up and get them a big bucket. So do they have that this year? And I think they do in in a couple different ways. But more than that, do they have that that fortitude to stick through? You know tough stretches of ball games on the road in hostile environments and be able to come through That's what I want to see. And we're going to see that early in the – shit, very early in this season because there's so many good games. Are they playing anybody good?
0: Are they playing anybody notable early in the season,
1: Saul? I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, there's like this one little team out in North Carolina that they got to play. uh, It's at Cameron something. I don't know. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that's going to be one of them, and you're going to find out a lot. Uh, Duke, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Alabama, like – that is a murderer's row. Also, that Michigan State game in Palm Springs? Yeah. Fire me up. I am yes. there. I'm driving out for that game.
0: It's Thanksgiving, Saul.
1: Right, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. And for me to do it in Palm Springs, watching U of A basketball, what could be better?
0: And you know what's cool about it, too, playing those Big Ten teams? Big Ten teams are always good before the real game starts. So you're going to be getting good teams there as opposed to the NCAA tournament Big Ten teams, which you hope you can obviously play right there.
1: Forever Um, overrated the Big Ten. What's that? Forever overrated the Big Ten.
0: Thank you. All right. By the way, LFG says, I want to hear some more Bone Thugs and Harmony. All right. Here's what I can do for you. Look into my eyes and tell me what it is you see, what it is you see. That's just the chorus right there. I can't keep going on that because I'm going to look stupid.
1: Land the plane, Mike. Let's go.
0: All right, Saul. Before we sign off right here, though, we got to talk about that shirt. We got to talk about where you can get that shirt right there and some of the deals that are uh, going on right here about being a PHNX diehard.
1: Yeah, become a PHNX diehard. You can get yourself a shirt for free just by signing up. Uh, $79.99 a year, but you get access to all our merch. You get access to our Discord, our Die Hard Discord, which Mike is vehemently uh, trying to uh, make a thing. Uh, help and, me help and, you guys. Come on. We have we have a couple other things in store, and I'm hoping to hear uh, on one of them today, but we have some some personnel moves that are going to be able to contribute to Mike's show, which is fantastic, that we're going to give uh, more U of A fans more um, opportunities to to become Part of the U of A community, which you already are, and we love you for it, but we want to make this thing bigger. We want to start doing some events down in Tucson. We want to do some takeovers down Tucson. We want to own Tucson just like you guys all love. So hopefully we'll be able to put all that stuff together here shortly. Um, but you, by becoming a diehard, will get discounts to all those events. You get discounts on our merch by 20% uh, just by becoming a diehard. So go to phnx.com, Go phnx.com and become a diehard today.
0: All right. He is Saul Bookman. I am Mike Luke again, really appreciate all of you guys. Maybe I'll start singing a little bit more during the show that's obviously getting good reactions right there. and you know what? Whatever we can do to spread uh, humanity, I'm here for. All right, Saul, so, uh, what do you got going on the rest of the day before we sign off?
1: Anything? Uh, I got I'm, I got uh, Sun show at three. I got uh, I got Cardinals post game tonight. Um, and then I get a couple days to myself, so that's gonna be nice.
0: Oh, hey, real quick, to show you guys something about how cool Saul is, I got really excited about an interview. I tried calling Saul on Sunday, and then he's like, dude, this is the off date. Come on, man. So, again, <laughs> Saul, I do apologize for that. But everybody out there, appreciate all of you guys. You guys are the ones that make all this. We'll be back Monday. We got Glenn Parker coming on, guy who started in three Super Bowls. Talk a little bit about it. We got Dave Hickey next week. We got a lot of different stuff. But for Saul Bookman, I'm Mike Luke. Jacob Franklin, behind the scenes, didn't chip in today talking, but Jacob will be back next week. Don't worry. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.